Welcome to As the Story Grows. I'm Brian Patton. Today we welcome Alluvial guitarist Wes Hauk. The new Alluvial EP, Death is But a Door, is out this Friday on Nuclear Blast Records. Wes talks about joining the military, how friendships help drive his musical career, the search for a vocalist, the influences on Death is But a Door, and more. Over on YouTube, Arrow to the ACL left a comment on Chapter 460 with Earthside saying, you can definitely tell the amount of time and effort put in each song. The All We Knew and Ever Loved video speaks to me as a band that could have doors open to really do whatever they wanted. Touring, game OSTs, movie scores, really the options are limitless for a group so talented. I always love when people share their thoughts on an episode. If you enjoyed an episode or a band, leave a comment. I'd love to read it on the podcast. Enjoy today's chat with Wes from Alluvial. grew up in a town called Yosemite Lakes Park, which is about 30 minutes north of Fresno, which is a city in the Central Valley of California. Um, like, uh, if you're like, if anyone's familiar with Southern California, like when you get over the grapevine and you hit Bakersfield, that's where like the Central Valley starts. And then Fresno, I guess in some cases is considered like the dead center of california so like um i kind of ref- like in in one way or another i feel like it's this place where people seek refuge where they weren't able to like make it in fucking southern california or northern <laughs> california you know what i mean huh. so it's just reprobate like it's the scourge of the earth no um, man <laughs> but um yeah it's where i grew up and um I guess uh, after that, I got out of there when I was 18 years old. I joined the military, and I largely spent my 20s and 30s in Southern California when I wasn't deployed somewhere. So, like, Ventura County um, and San Diego. Okay. And then then also, you know, post-military, like, the Valley, you know what I mean, And, and, and Hollywood as well. Gotcha. Gotcha. What then led you to the East Coast from there? I met my wife out here. Um, I've always loved Atlanta. Um, I guess I started coming out here around 2010 or 11 when I started touring. Um, And yeah, it's just kind of like a city in the South that has the same amount of activity that like LA had, you know what I mean? In terms of like shows and like, um, a lot of musicians and everything like that, but none of like the, none of the things about it that are 
difficult right like you know what i mean it, it it's it's considerably cheaper to live here and then yeah. you're not going to get like a fucking street sweeping ticket you know in front <laughs> of your house um but yeah yeah i moved out to atlanta at the end of 2017 um i've been here ever since and uh the rest of the guys in the band kind of live all over kevin lives on long island notice i said on I've had to get good at that. You can't say, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you'll get, yeah. you'll get roasted by a New Yorker. If you say, Oh, he lives in long Island. Yeah. It's not in. It's on. Nope. <laughs> um, and, uh, Zach, our drummer lives in Indianapolis and Tim, our bass player lives in Houston. Um, so, uh, when we start tours and, you know, do anything, everyone flies here and we start everything out in Atlanta. Gotcha. Gotcha. When this did this project start, Alluvial start out of like moving and needing like a new group of musicians to play with. No, no. Um, it kind of started in 2015 when I still lived in California. I briefly okay. moved back to Fresno, and um, I uh, ended up take. I you know I was I was. I'd largely at that point, and I mean, kind of for the most part of the last 12 years have gone out playing other people's music. Mm -hmm. um, so, uh, and, and, and there was a lot that I got out of that. You know what I mean? Like I definitely like, you know, a lot of the bands that I played in like made me a better guitar player, but, um, it was extraordinarily difficult to get anything, um, off the ground myself mm -hmm. because, you know, I guess being in the military and like sort of the travel and then where I grew up, there was, there wasn't really a music scene, not, you know, not one to speak of. So, okay. um, it wasn't like there was a, a ton of different people to play with. So, um, I'm kind of a late bloomer in that regard when it comes <laughs> to getting my own shit off the ground, yeah. or getting it moving. Um, so I started the, uh, the, f the first record that came out was supposed to have uh, vocals on it, but uh, then it ended up being uh, a task um, just with, I, there's a handful of things. I don't think I was super developed enough yet as a songwriter. Like there's a lot of, you know, seven, eight minute long songs on yeah. <laughs> on there you know what i mean so and and that would be hard for to put any vocals on you know um right so there was that and you know like there's it was it was it was just tricky um but like with anything you know um you hang out you hang out enough and you don't you don't give up and you stay determined something will end up happening and me and kevin met in uh the very end of 2017 beginning of 2018 and um i wrote a bunch of songs that ended up being like the songs that we had on sarcoma and um kind of wrote them blindly because even at that point i wasn't even sure what kevin would sound like on it you know it was very casual and then it's and suddenly it came together and um uh, we finished everything up in like 2019. So by the time Sarcoma came out, which is our our second record as a band, but what I kind of refer to as our first like real release, mm -hmm. um, it was 
fairly old, you know, by the time it came out. Um, it was, like I said, finished in 2019 and it, we, you know, it came out in May of 2021. Um, pretty much in the middle of like the, the COVID thing. So we weren't able to tour on it mm -hmm. until the big, you know, like April of last year is kind of when like, um, you know, the, everything reared its head again and everyone was able to go out and play shows and everything. Yeah. Um, and, uh, I don't know. It was, it was, it was pretty cool. I don't feel like we were able to maximize the full potential of that record because we, you know, it was, it was maybe considered old hat by the time it ended up coming out. And by the time we were able to tour on it, um, this EP that we put together this year is definitely the opposite of that. Like some of the shit was written in June, you know what I mean? And, mm -hmm. and, and recorded in July and then came out in October. <laughs> so it was, it, it was a definitely a different feeling and it was definitely, it was rewarding in the sense that it was the first time that we've been able to go out on a tour with brand new stuff. Yeah. Um, and, uh, on this recent run we did with Tesseract and Intervals, um, it was definitely the most, it was, it was definitely a different tour for us in that, like, um, we've been touring with kind of, you know, death metal bands, extreme metal bands and, you know, and, and, um, Tesseract and Intervals are like, not that. <laughs> yeah i mean like like they're they're all they're both like stunning bands and like like the they have an inc both bands have like a really really dialed in live show and stuff mm -hmm. like that but we weren't sure how it was gonna go because like you know like we're kind of i don't know like the band for like kids who get bad grades and don't have a great relationship with their parents and shit <laughs> like that and um but it went sick, and I mean, I and and we brought a lot of fucking people out to the shows. Like it yeah. shocked me. Like I couldn't believe. Like I was, I was surprised. I didn't, I wasn't sure that any of the work that we did in 2022 had made a dent or made anyone yeah. aware of us. But there was a, there was a fucking lot of people out at the shows for us. So it was, it was a cool feeling. Um, and uh, I, it probably was something in conjunction with the work that we did, and then us having brand new shit. To, play and all that other yeah. stuff that that made it go really well for us yeah yeah let's go back what led to you joining the military just like no other prospects or did you have a draw or desire to serve um the short version of the story is i got in trouble okay um and um i spent a little bit of time in a uh in the county jail and um got out and i i initially had like a crazy charge like i had a felony um i was in a vehicle with someone who had robbed a, a home and some of the stolen goods were in the car That's and good. i was older than him and they tried to make it seem like i extorted him for money and that's why he robbed the 
I don't know. I'm getting into too much detail here. But anyway, I didn't rob a fucking house. They figured that out about a month and a half into me being in jail through a thorough investigation. And they were like, okay, let's let him out. And he's on informal probation. But the area that I grew up in was, um, you know, like it it is a a little bit of a, a hellhole you know what i mean it would have been a a very easy place to get stuck in and continue getting in trouble so like i had the the sense enough at 18 years old to be like all right well i gotta get out of here and my parents aren't rich and i don't have any money to move anywhere um and not that my parents should have paid to move me anywhere you know what i mean i was a fucking man 18 years old i needed to take care of myself so that was the best option um gotcha join the military and get out of where I was and, you know, start paying. And I was pretty much freshly 18 years old when this happened. So, um, yeah, I just fucking hit the ground running and started paying my own bills and, um, went all over the world with that for, um, about five years and then i did a shore duty in san diego so i ended up doing a total of eight and a half years and um yeah the uh the the one thing that was great about it is that it put me in southern california which was the place that i wanted to be in general you know what i mean even though that like ventura county was a little bit of a a little bit of a haul from la you know in terms of you know, he had to go over the hill and the Camarillo and all that other shit. It was still, I was, I was, I was a fuck of a lot closer to, you know, music and the things that I wanted to be a part of than I was in Fresno. And, yeah. um, I, uh, same thing could be said for when I was in San Diego and, um, about a year after I got out, I started using my, um, my GI bill, which is basically when you join the military, mm-hmm. you have the option of um, taking a sign on bonus, you know what I mean, which was probably something yeah. like eight grand at the time, you know, or you can pay into um, this thing called the Montgomery GI bill, which is, um, as I understand it, it's a government bond, right? And you pay into it and like it matures and the next thing you know you have like fucking this much money for college which i think it ended up being like 40 to 60 grand or whatever so but it's just for college you know what i mean like you can't just pull it out and you know go buy fucking coke with it or whatever you know like (laughs) it's 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 like it's there for you to go to college so i use it um to go to musicians institute for a little while gotcha and um that was when I lived in Hollywood and um, right around that time, I guess, uh, you know, I, you know, like it was, it was the first time that I guess, you know, as an adult or even, you know, whatever that I was sort of kind of um, meeting a lot of other people who were, you know, out doing the thing Um in bands and shit and i guess through that you know people started knowing me as a dude who they thought was good at guitar and um next thing i knew i was out 
doing it. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. And that it that time frame, like I said, you know, everything kind of moved pretty quick. Um, there was there was like a lot of it. I think that was sort of based around partying. You know what I mean? Like there's like a like the the school thing didn't really do anything to you know get me um a gig but just you know when you're young and irresponsible and you can kind of bond with people through partying and yeah that's how you know that's that's a, that's how i ended up sort of meeting people by accident and um so never underestimate the, the power of, <laughs> of partying you know yeah. is that what led to you uh joining the faceless Yes, Javier and Tosin had moved from, I guess, D.C. is where they were originally. Yeah. Mm -hmm. They had moved to North Hollywood. They had a house in North Hollywood and routinely would have parties. And that was the first time I ever met Keen. Was at one of those parties. Um, and uh, I remember going over to his house and hearing kind of the first few things from auto theism before it came out. And I remember just sort of making a joke. I was like, um, damn this shit this sick. Like, uh, it's too bad that it's not like a two, like a three guitar player thing, like Whitechapel or something like that. Like it would be <laughs> rad to jump in there and do it. And he was like, Keen said something like, you know, somewhat of a foreshadowing i guess he was like i i feel like steve might be at the end of his time with uh the band um so maybe we'll maybe th that could happen and yeah. oddly enough it did and steve i think had gotten kind of domesticated had a girlfriend and stuff like that and decided not to tour i saw him not all that long ago too he's still yeah. the same same happy-go-lucky little guy nice um but yeah that's how it ended up happening and yeah, dude, like, um, you know, I, it was strange, like I said, for a guy who spent most of his time, you know, playing guitar without anyone patting me on the butt for it or anything like that and not really being able to find people to play with and stuff and playing some local shows to doing what I would consider to be really, you know, fairly prestigious touring starting out, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Like being direct to like Devil Driver, like the first tour I did with the Faceless was Devil Driver, Faceless, Dying Fetus, Job for a Cowboy, um, you know, so it was pretty radical. Um, yeah. And there was, a, there was some learning curve stuff too, like, right, I, that was the first time it was, like I'd never played in in-ears before, you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. That was the faceless was like, yep, that's what we do. So I had to kind of figure that out pretty quick. Um, yeah. but yeah, um, that's roughly how that story goes. Nice. Nice. Where'd the, uh, name for alluvial come from? Um, a street that my apartment was on in okay. Fresno. And, uh, it is, you know, like roughly kind of has to do with, I mean, I guess if you 
you really look into it, it has to do with like um, how rocks change into soil and yeah. stuff like that. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And yeah. I mean, roughly, and um, you know, there was a good amount of time that I thought about, especially before we signed a nuclear blast and we put out sarcoma, there was a period of time where I was like, I'm, I don't really have an attachment to this fucking name. Like you guys yeah. want to change it. And everyone was just like, nah, let's keep it. And so <laughs> here we are. And, um, I don't have like a, uh, you know, like a, a big sort of grand meaning for why that's the name of our band. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? Um, unfortunately for anyone, it just kind of worked. Yeah. <laughs> For, for anyone who's wondering if there's something, if there's more under the hood about that, no. You kind of answered uh, half the question I had, but as you guys were touring for the deep longing for annihilation, was there any point where you thought like, maybe this project doesn't need a vocalist and it'll just remain instrumental? Mm. No, no. Um, the my 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 vision for it was for it to always have vocals. Um, and like I said, there were a handful of people that we ended up kind of trying out, but um, they had a tricky time getting it. And like I said, I wasn't, I, I, I mean, I, I handed over what would probably be considered some very tough shit to write lyrics and patterns over because it was yeah. pretty long and meandering sort of arrangements. Like deep longing serves its purpose as being this, sort of heavy vibey conservatively technical metal guitar record you know what i mean mm -hmm. um and like uh, no shade to anyone who who has instrumental music at all you know what i mean like yeah. I, I i i love it but for me personally like i've always just wanted um uh band with a vocalist format um and i wanted to write sort of like you know three and a half four and a half minute long action pack songs you know and there's a yeah. big challenge in that too you know what i mean because when you're writing songs like that um you know you have to heed sort of like you're kind of acting as your own drug dealer right you're kind of acting <laughs> like you know like you're you're seeing how it's making you know chemicals go off in your brain and you're kind of paying attention to the end user experience whereas like 
um, your sort of longer, more adventurous arrangement type songs um, don't necessarily require that type of restraint. Yeah. <laughs> um, and there's, yeah, like I said, there's n no shade to it because it definitely serves a purpose. And I mean, there are definitely even bands that have vocalists that have long as fuck songs, right? You know what yeah. I mean? Like, like between the Buried and me, obviously, and their fans are sort of like um, prepared for that. You know yeah, what I mean? They have right. 25 fucking years of them writing these like really crazy uh, prog type songs, you know? Um, yeah. But for us, you know, especially on Sarcoma and especially being a new band, you know, like you kind of want to give someone, I felt like, well, like we want to be able to go out and play six, seven, eight songs in 30 minutes, you know, right, and, right. Um, and make them entertaining and kind of, I don't know, like the goal, I guess the thing we always talk about is like, we kind of want to make we want to make people shake their ass, you know what I mean? But we kind of want to like break their heart and make them angry at the same time, you know? And, and, um, I think, yeah, being a fun band, but have this scary, heavy thing to it is, is, is sort of the goal. And there's, you know, like all of my favorite metal bands have those qualities, you mm -hmm. know? And so I'm just, Kind of trying to do that. How'd you guys get connected with Nuclear Blast? Um, good friend of mine, John Berklin. Um, he was the drummer for Devil Driver for most of the band's career. Uh, in more recent years, um, he started a band called Bad Wolves. You might be familiar with. Mm -hmm. Um. He's just uh, one of my best friends and kind of was uh, like an early supporter of the band. And he's had a relationship with Monty Connor for a long time because of like, you know, Devil Driver used to be on Roadrunner and Monty yeah. used to be the guy who, you know, ran Roadrunner. And, um, <clears throat> He just kind of casually ran it uh, by the by Monty, and Monty loved it, and here we are. Um, it was very cool too, because I mean, like Nuclear Blast, I kind of felt was like the perfect place for the band. You know, mm -hmm. I mean, there's a lot of great metal labels out there, obviously, right now. You know what I mean? But like, there's a certain pedigree, I guess, in the records that I love, and my favorite bands are all kind of parked at, um, or a, a a big, a large swath of my favorite bands have put out their records with Nuclear Blast. So yes, yeah. uh, it was a cool thing, you know, to, to land there. And, um, like, I, yeah, I mean, dude, like <laughs> Monty's also signed and he's also really responsible for a ton of my fucking favorite records. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? Yeah. Um, like, so yeah, it, 
it's been it's been radical i mean like on as as far as like everyone that we work with on a day-to-day basis like we're putting out this shit and um everyone at nuclear blast has an enthusiasm for the band that i i find to be pretty inspiring you know what i mean like i said um i hadn't really even as a touring guy, I hadn't really everyone like super patted me on the butt and told me my music was worth a fuck, you know what I mean? But to have mm-hmm. like, you know, like this this kind of positive reinforcement from a label like that is it's a great thing, you know. new ep is called death is but a door that's the closing track on the ep what made you go with that as the title you ever seen ghostbusters 2 yeah well that's the that's that's where we started with the line (laughs) the time is but a window death is but a door but um uh i mean i guess when you think about it on the the related to ghostbusters and everything like that you might come across as some sort of like a slapstick sort of scary movie comedy but like (laughs) the uh um as it relates to this ep yeah it's just basically um like uh a nod to uh I don't know. Like, I don't want to sit here and, you know, maybe I'd prefer to, to leave that up to other people. Okay. You know what I mean, like, obviously it is, it is somewhat of a, an idea, you know, that like there's something beyond death, but, um, I guess I'd, I, I guess I'd leave that up to anybody else who ends up getting into the record. You know what I mean? Yeah. Get in, I mean, if you really, if you really give a fuck, get in there, read the lyrics and <laughs> you know what I mean, figure it out. Uh, yeah. you know, but I, the last record we did a lot of, you know, they asked me for a lot of quotes for songs and what things meant and everything like that. And, um, I guess at the time I felt compelled to give very detailed sort of quotes about songs and certain things about the record, but it's not very fun. Ultimately, I, I think, you know, close your eyes, listen to the shit and, um, you tell me what it means to you. Cause yeah. I, I definitely do feel in a lot of ways that like, we're only a band that goes out and is continually making music and going out and touring because of the people that give a fuck about us. You know right. what I mean? So yeah. like once you finish a record, it kind of belongs to them. Right. You know right. what I mean? This it's not ours anymore. So I prefer to let everyone who, you know, like, uh, his, their imagination has been captured by the band and it means something to them. I'm going to let them, figure that one out yeah yeah once it's out in the world and somebody hears it they get to take it and it apply whatever meaning they want to it and their their songs or i'm like i know what that song means but that's not what it means to me and how i relate to it yeah yeah i mean um like i said 
I always I always talk about it this way, like with the whole drug dealer thing. Like you ever listen to a song, right? And it's just like some chord or some chord change mm-hmm. or it's some rhythmic motif. And that thing will make you laugh. You'll laugh, you know what I mean? And like you'll laugh at like God that was sick, or like God, like like irrespective of lyrics. Yeah. You're like, you're like, God, I've felt that way before. You know what I mean? And <laughs> yeah. that's an that's an and and that's all we're trying to do. Yeah. Straight up is like we're all just like that's as a band, we're just in some way trying to make you do that. And yeah. go, oh, okay. And and if you could do that, right? Like everyone's life experience is pretty different. And you know, you get to you get to crawl inside the record and kind of live in there and fucking, you know, um view it from you know whatever shades you got on and and my my favorite records were all that way you know um yeah you know everything from uh the elton john records to you know like pierce from within to fucking you know the great southern trend killed they they all we were all these records that had such a decided vibe you know what i mean that you almost felt like it was your duty to get in there and fucking um live in it and you know that's hope hopefully what people do with our shit yeah yeah who did the album artwork for you guys it's this cat named paul i believe that's how you were supposed to you you um you pronounce his name. Um, <laughs> it's P O L Spanish guy. Um, his, uh, website is Bronca studio. Um, fabulous fucking guy, fabulous artist. Um, and you know, like we're not a satanic band. Um, we're not, we're not like, uh, a band that's, you know gonna tell you about space and physics and shit like that you know what i mean or or (laughs) we're the the vibe i guess that i've always tried to nail is like um this sort of mk ultra lsd sort of like late 60s into mid 70s aesthetic you know what i mean and it's a mm-hmm. tricky thing to nail right because like most people's like a s- experience you know is with with like lsd visuals there's like your kind of bargain bin sort of like timothy leary like groovy austin powers kind of fucking you know <laughs> thing and um you know when you peel back the layers i'm a i'm a i'm definitely a I definitely live in the buffet of conspiracies. You know what I mean? Like I, okay. I, I'm a conspiracy guy, you know, but I, but I have a, I have a healthy relationship in that. I, that's why I say, I call it, I'm in the buffet. I'll put everything on my plate and I'll check it out. But like <laughs> chances are, if something is really fun, you know, it's probably not real. If something is just too <laughs> fun, you're like, ah, oh, yeah, it's probably bullshit. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, um, you know, obviously there ain't anything bullshit about MK ultra, you know? Um, that's about as real as it fucking gets. So yeah. Um, it was that type of vibe. And, um, 
he uh he just fucking nailed it man like mm -hmm. he just he just he just got it you know um and it's it's kind of like this the cover sort of like makes you think that it's like a maybe perhaps a movie you know what I mean with the rating and certain stuff like that. But I also think it's obscure enough, you know what I mean? To where, like I said, like if you get in and like, you know, read lyrics and I don't know, looked up anything about us or me or any of the things that we're into that you might be able to, you know, get into something and learn something, you know? Yeah. Or, you know, if you're, if you if you find the image compelling, typically you're gonna go and dig in and try to figure out what it's all about. But yeah, 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 it's a it's a cool cross between yeah a horror film vibe and also just like yeah digging through a crate in this old crushed record. Like it's it's a very cool uh, concept. Yeah, thanks. We're very stoked on it. Um, you know, that's one of the other things that's weird is like you start writing music and then you're kind of like tasked with creating this visual part of it you know what i mean because yeah. and 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 i don't necessarily think that was something i was very good at my wife um helped out a lot on this one you know um she's definitely got a really great eye for um you know the the type of shit she's the coolest uh, she's she's cooler than me you know what i mean like she's her dad raised her on really cool shit you know what i mean like she's she's almost it's all I, 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 she's like my 70s girl, you know what I mean? She definitely yeah. like, she's definitely like a reincarnated 70s. Like, she, <laughs> she knows, she definitely knows a fuckload more about like Sabbath and Led Zeppelin and all of the really important shit like that than I do. Um, and she's just got a really good eye for, uh, what I was after. And between her and Paul, they, they knocked it out. They got it done. Nice. Nice. EP is out January 12th. You guys, I mean, we're heading into that time of year where things slow down. You guys just look into like big 2024 plans or you're going to start working on a full length. Well, this summer, um, we wrote 12 or so songs. Um, so like there is what I would consider to be, half of our next full length done um but we wanted to put out this ep before the tesseract run because honestly we were tired of playing the old shit we played a lot of shows on sarcoma even for the short amount of tour like time that we were able to tour on it we fucking you know we played a lot of shows and yeah it was like man we want to play new stuff and um we wanted, I guess, bridge the gap between us having um, a new full length, you know, and putting out four songs seemed like a cool way to give people new stuff. Um, we were tremendously proud of the way that those four songs came out, mm -hmm. um, representing like an EP. Um, I tend to think I tend to think that there's a large there's a there's there's a ton of people who still really care about full lengths, but like yeah. that 
when you put out a full length these days, it would seem like the focus tracks, like namely singles, right, or tend to be in your top five, you know. Right. Um, yeah. So there's not a ton of people going in and digging into the, the you know, the the B side of a record. So um, having four songs uh, seemed like a good a good thing to give everyone before yeah. we did our next full length. Um, and it gave us uh, a way like sarcoma was, I guess, I don't want to say it was written intentionally to be outdone. You know what I mean? But like, um, it's us kind of trying to figure out this way to well, you know the vision for the band is for us to get like darker and more piss and everything like that but try mm -hmm. to do it in a way that isn't um you know the same or bargain binny or kind of like you know a way that like we aren't proud of you know like like we you know it's it's there's a lot of cool things that I'm really proud of, like Fog Built. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like that fucking song. Like when we got that riff and I, like in there and heard it and everything, it was like, oh my God, that's going to be a lot of fun to play. Yeah. And, um, you know, there's Bog Dweller as well. And we felt like those were two really good ones to put out. Yeah. The other two songs, um, Death is But a Door. Um, I always like to say like the the sort of like makeup the sort of nomenclature for the band is that like we're we're like 40 45 percent like a death metal band you know yeah. what i mean like we're like 45 percent um you know our favorite death metal bands and then we have this sort of 30 percent traditional metal pantera slayer um metallica creator kind of thing and then um then there's this kind of like grunge thing that we have right like this sound garden like super unknown allison chains um the stuff that got me started playing guitar you know yeah. what i mean like like the, the, the shit that made me like when i heard it as a kid made yeah. me go fuck i want to do that was Nirvana, Pearl Jam, Soundgarden, Alice in Chains, and fucking Stone Temple Pilots, that mm -hmm. type of stuff. You know? Yeah. And um, Death is But a Door is like, I kind of think of it as like, a, it's like our grunge side, but it's, <laughs> I mean, but it's also a lot heavier, I guess, in those bands. And I don't necessarily know if that's like a down to the Sonics. Mm -hmm. Um, or whatever but yeah i mean like i've like i kind of think of death is but a door is like somewhere between like um fourth of july sound garden and like um the thing that should not be you know metallica or yeah. whatever like that's something just big and heavy and like mm -hmm. like um a lot of a p attention paid to it not being overly technical or complicated just like yeah. big and heavy and vibey and sad you know um, yeah and uh that's always going to be a thing that i think throws people for a loop about us right you know what i mean because yeah. like, dude straight up 
Um, I think there's a lot of people who who heard our last record or heard a song like 40 stories, which is like the big, the biggest song on Sarcoma and think that we're like a progressive um, <laughs> band. I mean, dude, like that's even been said straight up. There's a, there's like, there, there's people who have heard that song and go, Oh, they're like an American Opeth. And I'm like, Jesus Christ, have you heard the rest of our music? You know what I mean? Like, I yeah. mean, <laughs> And like, because there's a slow shuffle and a mid game guitar, like you think we sent no, no shade to Opeth, obviously yeah. all the respect to Opeth, but like, like, um, there's these things that I think people like, you know, there's probably going to be a lot of people who just hear of us for the first time from death is but a door and are not going to have any fucking clue that we have a song like fog belt or bog dweller, or, you know, like, uh putrid sunrise or mm -hmm. our exponent or any of the like more heavy songs on yeah. sarcoma um and that's just kind of what you're up against i think as a brand new band um but yeah we like that's the whole break your heart part you know what i mean but also make you shake your ass that yeah. type of thing um yeah so yeah the that song comes out this Friday, actually. Nice. Um, and we have a crazy fucking music video for it. <laughs> um, and yeah, the final song. Have you heard it? Yeah, yeah, I've heard the whole EP. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that song, uh, the last song, it's going to come out in January on release day, um, Area Code. That one is like, that's another one that if anyone, like, I mean, it's it's like ruthlessly heavy you know what i mean and it still has like like it has a crazy guitar solo in it it has like like probably some of our heaviest shit in it you know what i mean and like like i, I there's moments in that that i think people will go like whoa what the fuck you know yeah. like there's like a full-blown chaos riff you know in it and shit mm -hmm. you know what i mean like there's there's um stuff you wouldn't uh, i guess imagine so that'll probably be the trend for the rest of the time that we're a band but i mean you know we're we're definitely figuring out you know i think that's what you do is you sort of figure out what you are mm -hmm. you know over the course of time but um i guess it's a good thing that we got the singing thing out of the way on sarcoma because like if we ended up <laughs> doing it later on it would like yeah. people would turn their toenails green and they'd fucking hate us and right, abandon right. us, you know? <laughs> so like the people who are the sing the singing, you know, on sarcoma, they were out right away there. You know what I mean? They're like, all right, this isn't for me. Fuck these guys. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know what I mean? So yeah. we, we, we let everyone, we let everyone know, I guess. Yeah. That we're going to do that.
Thanks for listening to As the Story Grows. Our intro music was written and composed by Jeremy Hunt. The As the Story Grows theme is by Bob Nana. If you like what you hear, subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and give us a rating and review. If you'd like to support the show financially, you can join us at patreon.com slash as the story grows. Be a part of our community and join the ongoing conversation over on Discord. If you enjoy this episode, share it on social media with your friends. Much appreciated, and thanks for listening. I never thought so young and alive is when I'm diving into a tomb. And now I'm learning as I listen along and the wheels are turning and I start a song. Never